0: welcome to the sunday times politics weekly where we unpack the big political stories of the week and my name is mike siluma the top stories this week that we're looking at are the political meaning of uh, Jacob Zuma's imprisonment following his surrender or his arrest by the law enforcement agencies. That will be followed by a focus on the state of play within the ANC itself, especially in the light of what has happened with the former President Jacob Zuma as well as uh, the suspension of Carl Niehaus, who's the spokesperson for the MKMVA. Let's welcome my guests for this week's conversation. William Gumede, who's Associate Professor in the School of Governance at uh, VETS University. Thabo Koni, who's our parliamentary correspondent, as well as Mawanda Mashabalala, who's been on the show before, a uh, political correspondent. Uh, he spent some time uh, in Nganza in the last couple of days. And he'll tell us more about what he saw and heard while he was down there. Welcome to the show, gentlemen.
1: This is racist. I've never, ever been a spy. Can please. the PBS bank
2: uh, loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never
3: subject myself to whiteness. Oh. I'm listening.
1: Okay. Can you have consistency, Honourable yeah. Chair? Corruption
3: was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a Session ship. Arms. Can you please come on in? The water.
0: I want to start with you, William. When you look at the way things have panned out for the former president, what strikes you as the most important implication?
3: I think for me the most important implication really is the fact that you know the constitutional court issued a judgment of contempt of court against the former president, and at the end of the day, although with a you know whole lot of delays, that uh, you know former president Jacob Zuma actually accepted uh, the verdict and and handed him, himself over um, to the prison authorities. Um, now, for me, the most important thing there in, in, in that story is that finally, I think we've got equality before the law. You know, we've been struggling since 1994 um, to treat every citizen the same before the law. And also typically in in African liberation movements um, since the Second World War, um, normally things go wrong when you have two sets of laws. You have your normal constitution, democratic institutions uh, and so on, but they are only applicable to ordinary citizens. And the leaders, um, of the governing parties, of the liberation movements, they normally above uh, constitutions and um, above um, the judiciary and so on. And now there's big implications for for that sort of thing because then what happens is you don't have, when you don't have the rule of law, I mean, it's very difficult, of course, then, you know, to, to foster peace, so societal peace in the country, very difficult um, to build um, an economy. And it's very difficult to build democracy. And often... Unless countries reverses this inequality between leaders and citizens when it comes to the law, that is where we see the failed states and in Africa. And for me, that issue actually is the biggest reason for failed states and also the biggest reason why Africa has, many African countries haven't developed since the end of the Second World
0: War. William says that we've battled to establish that rule of law where everybody's equal you know, before the law you know, and in, in, in the Constitution. But how did this happen? How, how, how could this have happened? You know, the constitution is written there. It's clear. It, there's, 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 I think, I think one can say that there's total agreement about, you know, the fact that we are a constitutional state and we are all subject to the constitution, etc. Um, nearly a quarter of a century later, we, we seem to be battling to, to assert that plain and obvious truth. How, how did Jacob Zuma get to the point where he, he 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 got to believe that he he might be above the constitution or above the law. Sure,
2: Barmek. I mean, uh,
0: Jacob Zuma really pushed the boundaries. I mean, he
2: really tested the constitution of South Africa. From as soon as he was elected, I mean, he got emboldened. As soon as he was elected in Polokwane, that's when his Stalingrad legal strategy really gained uh, traction, challenging the decisions of the High Court decisions of the constitutional court every step of the way. He He's the one guy who really tested the strength of the constitution of, of, of South Africa. It's really Jacob Zuma who put constitutional democracy of South Africa through the test. And what, what we saw last night was just the culmination of uh, what he has been doing for decades, you know. And really what happened last night um, has affirmed. That South Africa is indeed a constitutional democracy, where everybody can now see that um, there is true meaning to what we call the legal principle of the rule of law. It, I think it, it it has now been affirmed and entrenched. And everybody who you know has been doubting whether we would be where we are today with Jacob Zuma behind bars can can now rest assured that South Africa is indeed a constitutional. Democracy that is working, and uh, as 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 Prof uh, says, um, countries on the continent I think uh, will take a lesson out of this.
0: Hey, Mawanda, please, please come in here. You know, the, the, and and I'm sitting here uh, trying to get into the mind of uh, of uh, former President Jacob Zuma. Uh, we've just been talking about equality before the law, you know, uh, and all of us being subject to the constitution, you know, irrespective of who we are, etc. But, you know, there, has, there have been times when uh, people, particularly in the ANC, have, have spoken about finding political solutions for legal or other problems, you know, that, that some, some, some leaders, particularly he himself, might, 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 might have found himself in. Uh, do you think he may feel betrayed that nobody stood up for him to be afforded, to be afforded a kind of political solution?
1: Well, de- definitely, uh, Pramag, he will feel uh, betrayed, especially given the fact that he has benefited from political solutions before. Remember, as as Tabo was saying, that uh, in terms of how he has managed to play the law all these years, for instance, you'll remember in his ongoing corruption trial, uh, of which in the next week or so he's appearing in court, uh, that those charges have been dropped before. Just, for instance, the last time being 2008, just before, he, he ascended to the union buildings, which was a political solution because at the time it made no legal sense, none whatsoever for those charges to be dropped at that particular point in time. But at the time, politically, he was at a strong point. He was completely and firmly in charge of the ANC, NEC that emerged from Puluguan. And, and therefore, that decision that was taken in that particular regard to, to, to drop those charges at the time, was completely political so he has benefited before several times from political solutions to legal problems and which is why he mounted this political campaign that we saw around Gandla and the building of that narrative of a potential violence it was to push uh, the powers that be and the authorities towards that corner of a political solution once more but apparently unfortunately for him this time around it couldn't work, and it was never going to work because he is no longer in charge of uh, you know, the politics of the day and the state, as it were, as he was during his time in the union Buildings and as he was as the president of the ANC. So now he has completely lost all that political influence, and he's a non in the bigger scheme of things, politically even going forward. So there's very few people who would want to be seen to be loyal to him. He has nothing to offer to them. You know, with politics, politicians, are only loyal to the one who has patronage to dispense in terms of deploying them into positions of power be it in government ambassadors ministers uh, members of parliament and at this point in time Jacob Zuma doesn't ha- have that power to deploy anyone to such positions so he was never going to have that much support as the one he used to enjoy uh, post-pulukwane up to the point that he resigned as president in 2018. Pramay.
0: Hmm. Uh, prof, you know the, the the other aspect, you know, you know of of the way uh, the whole uh, story has unfolded. You know, I, w- I was watching the former president Jacob Zuma on uh, speaking on the weekend in one of the several places where he was he was speaking. One of the things he you know he said was that he. Maybe it's time for him to go back, you know, to the struggle, you know, and, and restart the struggle, you know, because he feels that this is not the democracy that, that everyone fought for, et cetera. But at the heart of that seems to be a desire to delegitimize our entire constitutional dispensation as we understand. In fact, to delegitimize the, the government as well and the judiciary, because he said they don't know how to, how to use the power that they've been given, et cetera, you know. The, 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 that thread that runs through through that kind of argument. Do you think that uh, there the is a case uh, to say that uh, maybe the democracy we have is not quite what was fought for?
3: Um, you know, there's almost uh, uh, you know a populist approach, and and it's almost inevitable that he's going to take that approach because you know he's or was in a corner, and um, in order to you you know the way he boxed was to try to portray our current democratic system um, as not working um, for ordinary citizens, but also to portray the current leadership and see also, you know, of being, of having sold out whether it is now, you know, to big business or foreign interests and so on. You know, as a key part of his strategy, um, in order to... You know, mobilize uh, support uh, behind him. So now uh, the unfortunate thing about that kind of strategy, it's, you know, it's an attack on our constitution and an attack on our democratic in- uh, institutions. And as a former president, you know, that you, you, you can't do that sort of thing because, you know, as a p- former president, he signed an oath to defend this constitution and in in democratic institutions. I mean, elsewhere in the world where people did that, former leaders did that, you, you know, they got really long and tough sentences. I'm just thinking about South Korea, who had the same type of strategy as Jay Zuma, uh, uh, you know, when she was um, investigated for corruption, she then started attacking the constitution, the judiciary, um, and, and so on. And that actually at the end when they gave her a judgment, they made, gave her much, much um, longer judgment. Well, maybe the important thing here is that, you, you know, there are some people, unfortunately, in the country who are not totally convinced about our constitution or about, um, you know, democratic institutions. In fact, there are some people, who, and and particularly ANC, who most probably don't believe in democracy. So essentially what we have in South Africa so far, what we had the last couple of years, almost parallel governance systems competing with the constitution. And you know the ANC is uh, under Jacob Zuma, for example. The ANC's own governance system competed um, with a, a constitutional uh, democracy system. And if you think about traditional leadership, and um, that's a competition uh, because you know many of the tenants goes uh, go against uh, democracy. And even like you know, on a smaller scale, of the kind of gangs you see in townships and so on. I mean, you know, they've got their own governance system, their own set of rules which, of course, also go against the constitution and a democratic system. Now, it was important in this judgment that the ANC actually now, for once and for all, decide which is the, the premier or the apex governance system. Is it our constitution and the democratic institutions? Or is it the ANC's own um, constitution and way of behaving? Could it be traditional um, leadership uh, would there be a governance system or gangsterism is all potentially also uh, a, a governance system? And I think the ANC clearly with this case is almost, you know, South African needed a, a Zuma to take on uh, the constitutional system so that we can define for itself and also the ANC could define for itself what does it want. Does it want to continue um, being ambivalent about the constitution or the democratic institutions or should it embrace it fully, finally? And if it embraced it fully, finally, which I think it has done by agreeing that Jacob Zuma should go to jail and agreeing with the judgment, it would mean that all sorts of other people still in the ANC who oppose or have a different view of what the governance system should be is going to be in a life and death battle with the ANC now going forward. And yeah, Mawande, you
0: were, you were on the ground in Ganja. What What is your sense of the people who were there? Would, would you say this was a spontaneous outpouring of anger or did it look like something that was organized and, and stage managed?
1: Uh, brahmak it was very much organized. It was very far from being spontaneous. I mean, especially if, if you know, the nice thing about being on the ground, you also manage to, to observe other things that are happening away from the ground, such as the behavior of people on, on social media these days of the digital age. And then when you just suppose the two, the ground and social media. You get a, po- a sense to see that things are coordinated, or they are happening spontaneously. In this regard, when I I, I did that analysis, I, I got to a point that it was highly, highly organized. The way things were happening, they were just not spontaneous. The whole issue of firing of guns. For me, the central point was the building of the narrative that should the state or the law move. It's, you know, long arm to reach finally for former President Zuma. There will be a bloodshed. There was a whole word that was thrown around all over, even in mainstream media of another Marikana. All all those things, if, if you check that, they, they were not happening haphazardly. It was things that were planned. You check the centrality of the son of former President Zuma, uh, Edward Zuma, who was constantly, uh, you know, throughout the time where supporters were gathered outside the, the home of former President Zuma was there and right at the gate he was always available for interviews he was on a war talk uh, consistently he was actually saying he is willing to lay down his life for his father which was an inspiration uh, to the rest of the supporters you know you check the daughter Dudu zuma who's very popular on social media and 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 what she was doing in that particular platform as well so it, it was highly highly organized from my and it was highly sponsored if i may add as well if you now go to the ground and get to check the kind of, you know, private vehicles that were there, you know, luxury cars, double cabs, Ford, Toyota, you know, Mercedes vans, Mercedes C-classes, all kinds of chips, German and American beast as it were of the cars. So it had money behind it. It had a lot of thinking behind it. It had a lot of propaganda behind it. It had some element of intelligence operation in it. So in, in, in a nutshell, it was highly, highly organized, and it was organized, as I said before, to drive, uh, you know, the, the judiciary and the political authorities of the country to a corner of a political negotiation. Unfortunately, as we now know, it uh, uh, flopped spectacularly. Okay.
0: Uh, just looking at uh, the, 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 the conduct of the, of the police, they seemed to be ambivalent as to what, what they wanted to. To do, particularly as as the hour approached for Jacob Zuma to be to be arrested, did you did you see the same thing that they seem to be unsure or, or doubtful as to whether to to implement the the directive of the Constitutional Court or not? Yeah, but Mike, at some point
2: uh, it seemed the police did not know what to do. I mean, you'll recall on Monday there was a letter written by the office of the Chief State Law Advisor on behalf of the Minister of Police. Asking the, the acting chief justice, uh, Raymond Zonder. In fact, they were not asking him. They were saying to him that they might not be in a position to execute the arrest because the matter was was being argued in the Peter Marisberg High Court. Whereas the Concord had, had been clear that come Wednesday and uh, Jacob Zuma had not handed himself over, you go to Ngandla and move in and um, execute the arrest. So so so, so, it was quite surprising to see that letter from the Minister of Police asking the Chief Justice to to clarify when 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 the the Concord order was quite unequivocal on on this matter but uh I mean come come, come the last minute yesterday we saw the police moving in and executing the arrest, although they they do it in such a way that uh, you know, they had to make sure that they avoid any confrontation um, with um, the supporters of Jacob Zuma, which is why we understand that this is the reason why they, they had to persuade SAP as members who form part of the uh, security detail of Jacob Zuma or the VIP protection of Jacob Zuma, because after all, these are employees of the SA police service. So So, so this is how it was done. But uh, I think I think I think um the the, the 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 there was also a a force on standby somewhere around Ingandla to that was ready to, to move in and um, reinforce the VIP protection of Jacob of, of Jacob Zuma had there been a struggle there. Um earlier in the week it looked like the the, the SAPS was um, dithering on this matter, but uh, at least uh, at the at the eleventh hour. Um, they did uh, what needed to be done.
0: The, the other player in, in the whole saga, but, but who, was, who was not there physically, is, of course, the president. He seemed to have chosen to studiously stay out of the fray and say nothing.
3: Um, you know, I didn't think it was the right approach for the president um, to go to ground, because clearly, I mean, he was... Um, Spectacularly absent. Um, because, you know, um, because of his absence, uh, we saw, um, leaders of vacuum in the country for the moment. I mean, the only thing that held us together was the constitutional court staying firm. Um, y- you know, um, but we had a, a vacuum. And I mean, I can't, Im- I mean, I can imagine why he went to ground is that he didn't want us to be the face of the Zuma attacks. Or the supporters attacked, and did he um he almost wanted to have a physical barrier between him um and the constitutional court judgment as ex- executors, the police um and and so on I, I can see that as a political strategy, um but still, I mean it would have been important for him you know to be right at the center and to reassure South Africans that you know the constitution is um supreme um the judiciary is independent and he distanced himself uh, as a president and but also the anc um, from jacob Zuma and jacob Zuma supporters because jacob Zuma supporters they also attack the constitution um attacked the judiciary um and, and so on but i mean it is it really is almost um uh, symbolic of his presidency the last couple of years whenever there's a crisis he goes to the ground and then he reappears once the crisis is over I don't think there is good leadership Uh, in a crisis. um, You know, the leader has to stay uh, in front, has to be visible, has to give leadership, um, you know, has to personify calm, personify the democracy, you know, um, and personify direction. But again, like in the past, you went to ground. Mm-hmm. Let,
0: let, let's go to the, to, 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 the other aspect of, of our conversation uh, today. Just looking at the state of the ANC in the aftermath of all of this, or while all of this is, 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 is unfolding. Here one thinks about the, the suspension, temporary suspension of someone like Carl Nehaus, and of course the problems that are still coming for, for Ace Mahashule, who's also suspended. Have, have we reached a, point of no return in Cyril Ramaphosa's uh, crusade if you like uh, to to restore uh, le- ethical leadership in, in in the in the in the ANC Mawande?
1: oh yes oh yes oh yes it does look that way in fact i dare even take it further that uh, what we are likely to see in the coming weeks or months or so is is as is, is president Cyril ramaphosa even tightening the screws even much further uh, with the likes of uh, the two that you have mentioned, for instance, the likes of Tony Engen and all those, for instance, that have been uh, behind former President Zuma, because the reality of the situation is that in the NC, the so-called uh, RET faction was really, uh, you know, uh, uh, gaining was, was its strength was really based on uh, former President Zuma. Uh, with him now out of the way, with Ace Mahashule isolated. As it were, we're awaiting the judgment to the case that he brought against the party to fight his suspension. It is really a a one-way traffic uh, for President Serena Maposa going forward now to affirm uh, his power, to affirm uh, his principles and values to the ANC, as it were, and most likely go on to even win a second term if I were to be brave, uh, unchallenged, as it were, because it would with with the current events and what we've seen so far, especially this year since he took over the ANC, I think there's a strong message that has been sent uh, that he is uh, to a certain degree serious about taking charge of the ANC. As to what ends, it remains to be seen as time goes on. But I doubt that going forward, any rogue elements within the ANC who may have fancied their chances of challenging him may have the cuts to do so, Pramek.
0: can Impose his uh, his his will or, or or strengthen his grip on the party without splitting it.
2: I think he can um, he can Ramik. I mean, um, um, it's it's a moment for him to lose. I think it's a moment for him to shine. It's a moment for him to regroup. Um, with 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 Jacob Zuma now out of the way um, in J, Ace Makhashule in suspension. I mean, on suspension. Kalnai House also out. Um, he's managed to send a message uh, to everybody who's been uh, trying to frustrate his leadership. Um, he sent out the message to say, "Hey guys, um, I'm in charge. Um, allow me to um, lead the ANC. I've undertaken to um, lead a renewal of the ANC." So, 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 if you look at the balance of forces um, in the National Executive Committee of the ANC. Um, They've tilted towards, um, in, um, his favor. In fact, they've always been in his favor since, um, the election in, in Nazareth in 2017. But, um, they, they have not been bold enough because, uh, the RET forces have been trying to frustrate them. But, um, with Esma Hashule out of the way, Jacob Zuma out of the way, um, I don't see how the RET forces will, um, um, continue to frustrate um, Cyril Ramaphosa and his reform agenda. Um, if you look at what happened at the special NEC, uh, this past week on Monday, where there was an attempt by the RET forces for a task team to be instituted to look after the interest of Jacob Zuma, that was roundly rejected. Um, um, I understand even the people who usually speak in favor of Jacob Zuma or the RET forces simply kept quiet when um Ramaphosa's uh, supporters in the NEC shut down this proposal so so it's really a moment for 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 Cyril to rise to the occasion and uh, um reboot his reform agenda um, um and otherwise uh, it's 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 uh, it's it's a moment for him to lose uh, Prof,
0: hey, prof the last word goes to you very quickly before we wrap up um do you think that the cleanup has finally started? I mean, you, you're critical of, of Cyril, you know, as a leader who goes to ground when there's crisis. Do you think that he's got the stomach to take the fight through?
3: Um, well, I think the opportunity is there now for him. Um, I mean, he is in a driving seat. Um, so he, there's a really great space and opportunity for him to do that. Um, the second thing now for him most probably um, would be to try to get um, the economy going. And when, they, when you get uh, the economy going, he has to make some very tough decisions. Um, you know, the unions have their objections uh, um, to the public sector wage bill. Um, we you may need to restructure the state-owned companies. You know, again, the unions and the communist parties are going to oppose that. I think now the big challenge is can he, um, on the economy, can he face down? Um, you know his other group other critics uh or opponents um on the left sort of on the on the hard left and then for me, the last one is can he now build you know a social pact also with the private sector with civil society because the state alone doesn 't have the capacity um, to co to co govern to deliver um public services and also to you recover the economy and you know there 's a whole lot of people in the NC opposes that. Um, So it'd be really interesting, but he's got a space to do it. Okay.
0: Uh Unfortunately, we've just about run out of time, and that's all we'll have time for for this week on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly. And uh, I'd like to thank my guests for the conversation, William Kumete, Associate Professor in the School of Governance, at Vets uh, Tabamukoni, our parliamentary correspondent, and of course, Mawanda Mashavalala, who's our political correspondent. And by the way, if you'd like to uh, get our podcast, you can find these on iono.fm, Spotify, google podcast apple podcast or wherever you prefer to get your podcasts until next time stay safe sanitize wear the mask and avoid crowded places i'm mike siluma signing off